experience the power of His grace, I want you to put your hands together and celebrate Jesus this resurrection morning. Hallelujah. Celebrate Jesus this resurrection morning. Multimedia, can I have the lights in the auditorium on, please? Celebrate Jesus some more this resurrection morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. I said glory to Jesus. If it was not for his grace, if it was not for his sacrifice, it's not only that there will be nothing to celebrate today, but you and I will have been bound and doomed to a life of helplessness, a life of sin. We would have been helpless without any hope in this world. But we celebrate Jesus today for his sacrifice on the cross. For the finished work on the cross of Calvary. John was talking about him in John chapter 1 and verse 29. He said, Behold the Lamb of God who took away the sins of the world. The Lamb of God who took away the sins of the world. When he said he took away the sins of the world, he was talking about you and I. He called him the Lamb of God. And there's something very significant about the Lamb in the production that we watched. We saw how, you know, the guy was murdered, literally slaughtered. In the Old Testament, you know, the way it works is that lambs are very significant. The Bible says without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin. And it's the shedding of the blood of the lamb that, that it was that killing of the lamb that brought remission. That was, you know, the covering for sins. Covering for death. Covering for slavery. And all the works of the devil. So if you live in Jesus' days, when John saw him, in John 1.29, and he said, Behold the Lamb of God who took away the sins of the world. In a, in a short period, in a few seconds, you should have an understanding of what his mission was. John saw it by the Spirit. He caught it in the Spirit. He said, The Lamb of God who took away, he used the past, past sins. It took away the sins of the world. When you were called a lamb in the days that Jesus lived, your destiny was to be sacrificed for the sins of others. I hope you understand what I'm saying. So in what John said, anyone that was present had an idea of the totality and the, you know, the, 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 essential part of Jesus' life. That everything about him, if you want to sum it up, you sum it up as sacrifice. It's a life of sacrifice. It's just a life of sacrifice. We sum it up only in one word. Sacrifice. So Easter is about sacrifice. Because Jesus gave the ultimate sacrifice. And I have a very short exhortation this morning trusting God that God will open somebody's eyes here to see that if you understand that the totality of the life of Jesus is about sacrifice then we will be able to embrace a life of sacrifice 
in a new dimension. In Genesis chapter 22, when you read verse 8, God modeled what he was about to do through the life of Abraham. Abraham was leading his son after God had requested for him to be sacrificed. And his son asked him the question in verse 8 of Genesis 22. says, my father, I can see the wood. I can see, you know, all the apparatus that we need for the sacrifice. But where is the lamb? And then Abraham answered and said, my son, God will provide for himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So the two of them went together. At this point, if you take it literally, Abraham was speaking to his son, but Abraham was actually prophesying about the, what to come. That the Lord will provide for himself a lamb for the sacrifice, because there's yet one more sacrifice. And the Bible says that one sacrifice, once and for all, it was one and forever, once and forever. So if you live in the Old Testament, you will come annually, periodically, to slaughter lambs, to sacrifice lambs. Jesus was slaughtered once and for all. And because of his sacrifice, I can stand before the devil today to declare that I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Satan, you have no part, no portion, no law in my life. I cannot hear your amen today. Not because of my righteousness, not because of my goodness, not because I smile all the time, but because of one person's sacrifice, just one sacrifice, one sacrifice. And if you are here this morning, you have not embraced this sacrifice, this is a call to you, a call to you. But before I get into that, can I ask a question this morning, a very important question for this Easter Sunday? Are you living a sacrificial life? The end result of our Christianity is to become more like Christ. The moment you take that inclination for sacrifice out of it, we're playing games. There's no route to becoming like him, except our mind is fixed on the pathway to becoming more like Christ, which is, first and foremost, to embrace a life of sacrifice. Romans 12, when you read verse number 1, uh, from the Amplified Translation. I love it from the Amplified Translation. We can put that on the screen. Uh, that will be great. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 from the Amplified Translation. It said, I appeal to you, therefore, brethren, and beg you in view of all the mercies of God to make a decisive dedication of your bodies, presenting all your members. Somebody say all. all. Or say after me again, say all. It says, presenting all your members and faculties as a living sacrifice, holy, devoted, consecrated, and well-pleasing to God, which is your reasonable, rational, intelligent service and spiritual worship. So in this passage of the scripture, Paul, writing from the same understanding, he brought a new perspective to everything that Christ did, and what it should mean to us. And gave us the understanding that in the New Testament, God is not looking for dead sacrifices. 
is looking for living sacrifices. So I can be alive and yet live a life of sacrifice. I hope you are still with me today. Yeah. In the Old Testament, the blood has to be shed. The blood has to be drained. Life has to go out of the animal. Then the sacrifice has been accepted. In the New Testament, you can be alive and well and yet still be a sacrificial lamb to God. That's how we become like Jesus. That's how we become like Jesus. That's the life of a kingdom addict. That you can be alive and well, yet you're on the sacrificial path. You're on the sacrificial path. So Paul writing here, he said, that you present all your members and faculties as a living sacrifice. Somebody say, I'm a living sacrifice. Or say it again, say, I'm a living sacrifice. Say, my life is a sacrifice. Glory be to Jesus. I said, glory be to Jesus. There's no better way to embrace the life of Jesus than to be on the sacrificial plane, to, 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 to understand the purpose of his coming, his death, and his resurrection. Everything summed up in one word, sacrifice. Sacrifice, sacrifice, sacrifice. Are you living a sacrificial life? Are you living a sacrificial life? If you want to rate your life this Sunday morning, if you want to put it side by side with the kind of life Jesus lived, will you say that you are pulling your weight? Will you say you are pulling your weight? Will you say you are pulling your weight? Let's, let's flip it again and look at this from another perspective. Do we really appreciate sacrifice? Do you understand and receive sacrifices? with gratitude. There are people around us who are literally sacrificing themselves for us. And sometimes we struggle to recognize a sacrifice. Can I speak to women in the house this morning? Many women complain about men not pulling their weight as a breadwinner. And some say, oh, my husband is just trying. But you know what? As humans, we will not naturally sacrificial. We must reckon with that. So anytime you see any sacrifice around you, anyone trying to go out of their way to do anything for you, the same way we worship God for the ultimate sacrifice, we need to give them some measure of praise. That's why, uh, you know, I was saying, look, the way some of us receive sacrifice from other people, it's, uh, it shows that we don't recognize what it means to stretch what it means to go, for someone to go out of his way. The way some people receive sacrifice. That's why it's so difficult sometimes for some people to say thank you. It doesn't have to be much. It's the same attitude we carry when, we, when it comes to Jesus. Some people have not even, you're struggling to understand or to, to appreciate the sacrifice of Jesus, because you, you, you have not cultivated the a, a ability to recognize sacrifice in the life of other people or when people sacrifice for you. So if there's any woman here this Resurrection Sunday morning and you have a man who is stretching and sacrificing his life to make things work for the family, I think you need to give them some more honor. I think you need to, to, to recognize what they do, how they stretch. And it's vice versa. Because sometimes 
In the same vein, the way a man see women sometimes. When a woman is multitasking, stretching over the children, stretching over the man, stretching over everything, having little sleep to be able to put everything together. There's nothing that, that can ruin a marriage than for a spouse to be contemptible, to, be, to, to, to live a life of contempt or to, to, to show contempt, you know, to the partner. For, everybody, for somebody to have done all this and you come in and say, what, what have you done? What, you know, what have you done? Your mates have four children. You have only two and you're complaining. You know some men talk like that? And that's the reason why in our days it's difficult now for some women to have four children. Because they know that after they fall, this man will still be reading newspaper and I'll be taking care of four. No, it's true. And somebody's saying, I want more children. Which more children? How? How have you supported with the one that we have right now? Is somebody still with me today? I'm, don't, don't lose me. I'm talking about being able to recognize a life of sacrifice. A life of sacrifice. I see young people today complaining about their bosses, you know, and saying, look, my boss is uh, this, is that. If you have never gone into entrepreneuring before, you don't understand what it means to set up something and make it work. And somebody to create wealth for you to come and earn a salary. Yeah. And now you are very, very, you know, you are dishonoring the same person who created everything for you to participate. It's just this culture of lack of honor and inability to recognize a life, a life of sacrifice. In as much as I understand that some bosses, some, you know, entrepreneurs, some CEOs can be a bit funny, but if we put up the right attitude, you don't even know whether this guy slept overnight. Because some CEOs don't sleep. They're thinking about dollar rate and all that, Then you came to work in the morning. And just to even stand up to greet your boss is a problem for you. For the life of sacrifice, for you to ask yourself, if this guy did not set up this, where will I work? I'm just trying to help us to see that our culture needs to be better than what we have today, especially those of us who are called after the name of Jesus. We need to be able to celebrate sacrifice when we see one. We need to be able to understand that it's not natural for man to sacrifice for another. The Bible says there's no greater love than this for a man to lay down his life for his, for his friend. And that was what Jesus did. And if we want to be Christians, we want to, be, to have our life patterned after Christ, we must be a people who can recognize sacrifice, who can appreciate sacrifice, who can, who can say thank you, who can say I'm grateful when you see somebody stretching. Are you still with me today? I said, are you still with me today? Many people will make more progress in life if only you understand and appreciate and celebrate the people who are stretching all around you to make things work in your life. Sometimes it's very little. Sometimes it's big. That's why the Bible says, honor your father and your mother that your days may be long because they stretch over you. They stre- the moment you refuse to recognize that, you have limited your destiny. Yeah. They're stretching over you. The Bible says the, the elders that rule well, talking about church, for instance, it said the elders that rule well, they are worthy of double honor for their work's sake. And he said, because they labor over you, in, in, in the word, in prayer, you know, this is not, I'm going to come back to teach this another time so I can teach it very well. Because some people don't even understand how to honor a man of God. 
And you know I'm not the kind of person that has the, I mean, that has the people who should be dusting around me, no. But we cannot lose the essence of the culture of heaven, which is the culture of honor, that recognizes sacrifice and honor. So I wanted to, to, to leave church this morning and think about who is stretching for me, who is sacrificing for me, what should be my dis- The moment I miss it there, I can't do it for God appropriately. See, when you don't know how to honor people, when you don't know how to recognize sacrifice, you can't worship God. Yeah. Your worship is from the head, not from the heart. When we say lift up holy hands and celebrate the King of kings, the Lord of lords, it's not crossing your mind what he did. It's not crossing your mind that this is not natural. It's not crossing your mind. It's not crossing your mind. So do we truly appreciate sacrifice when we see one? And can I add this one to it? How do I rate myself when it comes to sacrifice? Am I sacrificing, you know, for those around me? How am I doing with that? I cannot say I'm becoming more like Jesus if there's nothing in my life that shows that I'm living a life of sacrifice. That I can recognize sacrifice when I see one. And I am also living a life of sacrifice. So I sacrifice for my spouse, I sacrifice for my family, sacrifice for colleagues, sacrifice, you know. In the developed world where things work properly, it's because people have chosen to honor the other person and sacrifice. So you get to some on the road. In a place like maybe the U.S., and um, you get to a, a, a stop, and the, what you're looking for is the, the, the last person that came in. You understand? Because you know that we have to wait. Why do we have a lot of chaos on our own road? It's because we don't honor each other. You're not even looking up. I mean, nobody wants sacrifice for anybody. There's a saying that says, I, don't, I, I didn't come to Lagos to count the bridge. You understand? And there's something in that thing that has a good path and yet a bad path. A good path is that, so, I want to pull my weight. I want to be diligent. The bad part is that I have this understanding that everyone wants to, you know, ride rough shots over me. Yeah. And I'm not going to give in to anything like that. There's a culture that's pervasive in Lagos that's very strong on that. It's good to be tenacious. It's good to want to succeed. But not to be willing to sacrifice for anybody makes success to lose its meaning. Yeah. Jesus, in his earthly life, was hugely successful. And the epitome of his success was that he fulfilled the mission that he came for. But you can imagine if that sacrifice, if he decided to take his eyes off the sacrifice. Jesus was in the garden, garden of Gethsemane. And when he saw the size of the sacrifice, the pain, and everything that would come with it, Jesus pleaded. He said, Lord, if it is possible, let this cup pass over me. And sometimes some of us need to say that prayer. When you need to prefer someone to yourself. When you're on the road and um, you're supposed to give someone the right of way, 
and it's becoming difficult. You just say, Gee, God, if it is possible, let this cup pass over. But since it will not pass, let him go. <laughs> no, because you, you know that maybe you are in a hurry. Maybe you know, some, 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 some of the times we have all the excuses in the world for the things, the situations where we're supposed to sacrifice. We have a reason why we cannot. We have a reason why we cannot. But you know what I'm saying this morning? We will be hypocrites if we come to church and make it look like we can sacrifice anything for God. Your life will be like the life of a man who gives, you know, all in church, but yet cannot give to the poor that is beside his house. That's hypocrisy. How do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. It's good to give to God, but it's also good to honor man. So we honor the God that we cannot see through the man that we can see. And we balance everything together. That's how we grow as believers. I don't know if you're getting what I'm saying this morning. Yeah? We need to practice it. It's when the, our practice on men becomes meaningful. It's coming from the heart that the one that we do to God also matters to God. Your worship of God is not meaningful if you are not willing to recognize that people sacrifice and you yourself live a life of sacrifice. Let me start to tap, uh, wrap this all together. Galatians chapter 2 and verse number 2. Paul writes in here, in his epistle to the Galatian church, he says, I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. The life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Paul said, the crucified life that I live now is a life of sacrifice. I have been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live because I'm a living sacrifice. In the Old Testament, for any sacrifice to be acceptable, the lamb has to be dead. In the New Testament, God wants us alive and well, yet with a disposition, a heavy disposition towards sacrifice. So Paul said here, I've been crucified with Christ, so it's no longer high, but Christ is living through me. And how will he live through me? He will live through me through the life of sacrifice. Life of sacrifice. So I deliberately look out for how to sacrifice for the good of another person. Let's start it from our home. Let's start it from work. Let's go out with a challenge this week to say I want to be deliberate about how I sacrifice for other people. When I remember the death and resurrection of Jesus, one thing that must come to my mind as I celebrate the victory, as I celebrate his finished work, another thing that must come to my mind is that it's that life that I'm supposed to be living now. That Christ life, which is a life of sacrifice. Which is a life of sacrifice. That's the life I'm supposed to be living now. That's the life I'm supposed to... Can you help me ask your neighbor this morning? Can you sacrifice for me? You know, it starts with little things. Giving someone, like I said, a right of way. Yielding your seat in a public place to a woman or to the elderly as a man. That's where it starts from. The moment we have a culture where 
There's nothing like sacrifice. I just, I want to be comfortable, and if you're not comfortable, you're on your own. Yeah? Because Jesus could have looked at us and said, yeah, under the bondage of sin, just stay there. It's not a problem. The Bible says he left his glory in heaven. He didn't have a problem where he was coming from. But he came down and sacrificed. So as we celebrate the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ, we must have this at the back of our mind that God wants us to embrace this life of sacrifice. Lastly, this morning, man's number one problem was solved by the ultimate sacrifice on the cross of Calvary. Man's number one problem was solved. That's why it's called the greatest sacrifice of all. And God said, after this, don't worry. You don't have to get to that level again. Just demonstrate it. The Bible says in Isaiah 53, it says he was wounded for our transgression, bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. By his stripes, we were healed. He did a complete job. He did a complete job. Suffered the pain. Suffered the humiliation. Suffered everything. The Bible says there, I think in verse 8 of Isaiah 53 or so, it says he was led like the sheep to the slaughter. Like a lamb to the slaughter. He was, he was led. And he submitted himself to everything. He submitted himself to everything. But you know the truth? A sacrifice is only worth it when it is accepted. Otherwise, it's done in vain. When it's not recognized, it's done in vain. Have you recognized the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross? Are you living your life in the recognition of that sacrifice that it has been done for you, for you, for you? Because our inability to recognize the sacrifice of Christ on the cross makes it of no effect. Have you embraced the sacrifice of Christ on your behalf? Perhaps if you have, you'll receive grace. You'll have received grace to also live a life of sacrifice. Can I ask that we hold about our heads for a word of prayer? While I ask if there's anyone here this morning, you are yet to recognize the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross of Calvary. I'd love to pray for you this morning. I'd love to pray for you this morning. I'd love to pray for you this morning. Are you concerned about your lack of ability to recognize his sacrifice on the cross? Is Christ living in you, like Paul said in, in, in Galatians there that we read, Galatians 2 verse 20. Is, is Christ living in your heart? Can you really say that I've embraced the sacrifice of Jesus? I have personalized it. And I know that his death is my death. There's anyone here this morning, you cannot really say that you have submitted your life to Jesus. You cannot really say that he sacrificed on the cross was for you. You cannot really say That you have received the power to forsake a life of sin and to embrace the work that Jesus did on the cross of Calvary and personalize it. And you have received redemption from sin. I want to pray for you this morning.
I want to pray for you this morning. I want to pray for you this morning. God brought you here today on a divine appointment. This is not by chance. It's a divine appointment. On this resurrection morning, that from this day forward, you will be able to say, I recognize the sacrifice of Jesus as a sacrifice done on my behalf. I recognize the death of Jesus as my death. Jesus said, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden. He said, I will give you rest. I will give you rest. You will find rest for your soul. Sin has battered your life. And you are feeling helpless right now. Because you know you cannot help yourself. There's help in this place this morning. There's help in this place this morning. I love to pray for you. I love to pray for you. There's anyone like that, I love to pray for you. Or maybe you said, I said this prayer before. The